Chapter 1 On a morning in late September, even before daybreak, much of the city that never sleeps was up and about its business. Prehistoric garbage trucks vied with darting taxicabs for space on Manhattan's wire-narrow side streets. Pretzel and chestnut vendors were already setting up their umbrella-topped pushcarts on the busiest corners. Beneath them, subways hummed through dark tunnels, delivering grumpy early-shift workers to their jobs. At the southern end of narrow Manhattan Island, down on Fulton Street, the seafood vendors had their ice-covered stands set up even before the darkness gave way. The first rays of the sun glinted rainbow sparkling off the scales of fresh fish. Chefs and cooks from all over the city picked their way between the stands, selecting the cheapest fish that could fill the space on their menus reserved for the always overpriced catch of the day. The whole fish market scene was so busy and chaotic that Lorenzo Luciana had to park the car two blocks away. He wore a black leather coat and gloves against the morning chill. The two larger men who had accompanied him blew into their hands, but Lorenzo hardly noticed the cold. He ignored the buzz of haggling chatter around him and tried not to notice the slimy puddles that his wingtips occasionally slopped through. So abruptly did Lorenzo turn between two of the huge fish display tables that the men following him stumbled into each other. Lorenzo fixed his obsidian eyes on a graying man in apron and plastic gloves who stood behind the piles of fresh fish. Without a word, Lorenzo stood at the display table until the merchant snapped, You come to buy it or look? I've come about your last payment, Lorenzo said softly. I think it'll be better for business if we take this into the office. The merchant's hand crept toward a wooden-handled flat cleaver. He shook his head. Not much point in talking, he said. What I gave the boys, what I had. That's all you get. Lorenzo could see his breath and smell his fear. Around him, he sensed the other fish peddlers edging away from them, exercising the native New Yorker's right, exercising the native New Yorker's eternal right not to get involved. He swung out quickly, slapping the merchant hard and grabbing his wrist to shake the cleaver from his hand. Then he pulled the man forward and thrust him toward the little shed that served as his office. Over his shoulder, Lorenzo called to the other two men. Stay out here. Make sure nobody steals any fish. We may own them soon. Inside the shed, he pushed the merchant into the folding metal chair alongside the card table that doubled as a desk. Look, Pop, you know it don't work that way. You want to do business here, you pay your fair share. You don't, things happen. Now, which finger do you use the least? No, the man cried, no. He shrank away in his chair. Hey, we were told to bring back a finger. Now, maybe I can squeeze you out one more day, but that's all. You have the rest of the money tomorrow, or you be damned sure you know which finger you want to donate to charity. Because if you don't pick, those two guys outside will pick, and they can't even count. Two to them is the same as one. He leaned forward until his face was very close to the fish peddlers. Do yourself a favor and have the dough tomorrow, huh? Lorenzo stepped outside the shack, pulling the door closed behind him. He looked at the other two men. He'll have the money tomorrow. I wanted to get some fingers, one of them said. Better to keep him working so he can come up with the cash, Lorenzo said. Ah, crap, the other man said. We never have no fun. He slammed the cleaver into the wooden butcher's block, where it seemed to shudder for a moment. Lorenzo shrugged and started back toward the street. He focused on the people around him, going about their daily business, not wanting to think about the man in the little shack who was also just trying to make a living. A bus pulled up at the far corner, and he thought about the working stiffs boarding it, wishing briefly that he was one of them, riding up FDR Drive, maybe to a fancy office uptown on Park Avenue, but that was never going to happen. There weren't any Park Avenue offices for people like him. Undercover cops lived in the street and died in the street, and sometimes 
He didn't know which possibility he hated more.